Now, we're not used to the real ministry of Christ because of so much second heavens false ministry that has the appearance and knowledge of good that still is about our heads and our hands, which is the mark of the beast or carnal beast ministry, beast and blood human ministry. And so when the true ministry of the head and the hand of God comes forth of the third heaven through lives actually sacrificed internally, it's severely oppressed and attacked and murdered. The only way you can actually overcome it is by just stay clinging to God like Joseph did in the pit and in the prison under all the false accusation of his brothers, under all the false accusation of the world, Potiphar's wife, you know, wouldn't have sex with her and so she lies about him and throws him in jail in the Bible, right? That's how Joseph went to jail because he wouldn't commit adultery with his slave master's wife. What a life! <laughs> Think about Joseph for a minute. God's been speaking to me about Joseph for the last two days because I've experienced a tremendous amount of the same experiences in my life. And I just I love it. You know, it's wonderful to, to be able to relate with the scriptures in reality, in your life, and to fulfill the sufferings of Christ on earth. The sufferings of Christ are not full yet. The sufferings of Christ are full when the bride overcomes Babylon. So the bride is in the process right now of overcoming Babylon, but her sufferings are not complete yet. And why do we suffer? Because our brains are worldly. Because our souls are worldly souls that were not circumcised of soul. That our interior castle is not glorified by our one bright morning star, Jesus Christ that we're still connected to all kinds of idolatry in the world. People, and bless their hearts, messaging us all the time of how they're offended by money. But you have to understand, that's the idolatry of the bride. The idolatry of the bride is one thing only, the teaching and the preaching about money. So, if you don't get offended in the teaching and preaching of Jesus Christ talking about money in the Bible, the Apostle Paul talks about money in the Bible, you know, Revelation talks about all the riches being given to the Lamb in Revelation 5 in the Bible. If you, if you don't have offense towards the teachings and preachings of finances in the New Testament, that's because there's no idolatry in your heart. It's all about idolatry. The reason why Jesus and the apostles and the prophets talk about money, if they're true apostles and true prophets and not fake phony ones, is because they're dealing with idolatry. Now, every true apostle and prophet wants you to walk on streets of gold. No one is a thief in the third heaven. There's no stealing in the third heaven. There's no stealing in the kingdom dimension. There's no stealing in the glory. There's no stealing in the Son of Righteousness. No one is trying to rob widows' houses. No one is trying to rob you and sell doves and sell revelations. You know, they turn our Father's house into a marketplace by selling offerings, by selling sacrifices. You know, and Jesus made that cat of nine tails, and that was the most offensive thing to Satan. I believe that was the same whip that the Romans used to tear out his flesh and his back. When the same one Jesus wove to clean out his Father's house from the prostitution of selling revelations and selling prophecies and selling uh, charismatic gifts 
and selling books and selling everything that you have received as a gift from God and turning it into a marketplace. I believe that same cat of nine tails when Jesus cleaned out violently the temple was used on his back and by his stripes of his cat of nine tails that he himself wove you are healed and it's nine tails for the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit of the fruitfulness of your heart that is actually the healing and the glorification of the Father's house and the full reversal of the prostitution of carnal Christianity. Amen. Because we still don't really trust Him. And people say, oh well, they're not going to value it if they don't give money. That's a lie from the pit of hell. If you actually have internal transfiguration and you're bringing your blood and your brain as a burnt offering in real kingdom, the problem is, is you haven't really had the third heaven ministry yet, so you don't have a standard. So there's no judgment. People are absolutely clueless, perishing for lack of actual revelation knowledge, third heaven revelation knowledge. And so there's no accountability. I mean, there's no mature apostles and prophets. We, the charismatic church doesn't have a single mature prophet and apostle. No one can be mature God outside-minded. You know, I say that in, in all integrity and in perfect love towards Christian leaders, but it's the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, how you transition from immaturity to maturity is knowing the morning star in you. See, the problem is, is the 60-fold realm still has got outside-minded. 60-fold is the charismatic church that still lives in buildings made by human hands. And there's 60% God in there, and they love God, they worship God, they have all the, the energy, all the stuff, and it's, I mean, it looks really a lot like God, doesn't it? It looks like God, but it's not perfect. The perfect is the top of the mountain of transfiguration in the 100-fold realm that nearly no Christian that's ever lived has tasted of. And that's our promised land of where we need to go from 60-fold charismatic to a 100-fold open Eden paradise with the physical manifest tabernacle of David, consuming all society with no walls. Amen? So it's time to transition from church to kingdom, which is actually cities and nations. And people are so extremely bewitched that when you tell them do you realize in the New Testament the only churches in the New Testament were cities? To the church of Ephesus, Ephesus is a city. To the church of the Corinthians, Corinth is a city. Do you understand that every single church in the Bible was an entire city? If your church is not your city, you're not actually a biblical New Testament Christian yet. And that's what bewitchment does. It, it actually nullifies the word by human tradition. It's the fallen angels of the external realm through your brain in giving you fallen angel interpretation of the scriptures so that you limit God to your natural man, which is the blasphemy of Christ. It's blasphemy. Religious activity is blasphemy. Religion is blasphemy. And I know no Christian ever wants to be a blasphemer, but when you submit to the external religious sons that fell from heaven and you practice external lights and you're like, where is he? You know, I don't, maybe God will show up. You know, we're so bewitched, we don't even know God. And it's like, maybe God will show up. God really moved. Come Holy Spirit. And you don't even understand at all the new covenant that 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and out of your belly flows rivers of the Holy Spirit. So we're coming out of extreme witchcraft. And 
The problem is, is well, how can we have healings and witchcraft at the Because 60-fold is 60%. You know, your intentions are so good. Your intentions are good. It's not about, you're not trying to serve devils. But how many of y'all know the Bible says you'll still die if you don't have revelation? That's what the Bible says. And you're not meaning to serve Satan and his angels, but in ignorance you'll serve Satan and his angels if you don't have revelation of the new covenant. Revelation of what Jesus walked in in the infinite source of energy and power that outflowed from the Father's throne in the third heaven that was in his belly. Jesus lived as a temple of God the Father on earth, and he's the firstborn amongst many, and almost no one on planet earth has stepped into this yet. Even our friends in the Breatharian group, bless their hearts, are utterly clueless and still got outside-minded. We have yet to tap our brains into the bright morning star and glorify the potential of the soul to the potential of the throne. Amen? (laughs) And so it's rough and it's rugged and it's rigid because you're cutting through all the witchcraft of the lies of external religious stars. And it has to be taught and preached of repentance and the returning of the soul to the internal star of glory. It's because you have 200 million external stars that tell you they're Jesus Christ. Every denomination thinks they're right in their own brain. Every church and every pastor thinks he's right in his own brain. But how many of y'all know the flesh, the brain, counts for nothing? This is the area of pride that needs to be sacrificed to the altar of fire. So when the true priesthood of Melchizedek comes from below in the spirit and the power of Elijah of the river from the belly and the people actually get their brains renewed to the full power of the morning star, third heaven ministry will burn up the bloodlines and the brains of the animal sacrifice of human flesh and blood. The sacrifice in the New Testament is your own flesh and blood. We're not sacrificing bulls, goats, rams, birds, and like the Old Covenant, where the priest sawed it in half. We're actually sawing you in half spiritually with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, circumcising hearts, circumcising minds, and working internally in the eternal realm of your spirit man and in the eternal realm of your soul. So you can have the eternal realm of His glory on earth as it is in heaven. The priesthood of Melchizedek works within the spirit of man and works within the soul of man and oftentimes doesn't need to work in the outer realm of the flesh, bones, and blood. Jesus Christ mostly worked by His Word and angels obeyed His Word. I know sometimes, but He grew. You understand, Jesus was still growing in His ministry. Jesus grew from 30-fold to 60-fold to 100-fold in his three-year ministry. He grew and was made perfect through what he suffered. He learned by yielding his brain to the Father in him to be the exact likeness of the Father. Jesus had to grow. Luke chapter 2, Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus had the same seven pillars built up in his inner man to become perfect. Amen? The Messiah grew and the Father in him. You're going to have to grow in the Father in you if the Messiah grew. Now, this is another thing that people get totally whacked out on. Jesus wasn't even tempted by the devil until after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. After he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, Satan, or the Holy Spirit, 
led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Satan didn't lead him. The Holy Spirit led Jesus to Satan. What? No, say that out loud. The Holy Spirit leads you to Satan. What? I know. Well, that's what the Bible says. See? See what I'm saying? I mean, it's this kind of revelation that confronts all your religiousness. I'm not being like, well, the Holy Spirit led Jesus to, to Satan to be tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. If you're not being led by the Holy Spirit to Satan, are you even being led of the Holy Spirit at all? God will never leave me to say, well, God led Jesus to Satan, and you have to grow up just like Jesus grew up. Jesus had to grow for 33 years before he was the exact representation of the invisible God. He wasn't the exact representation at 30, 31, or 32, but at age 33, he was the exact representation of the Father. Jesus grew. Jesus grew. You have to grow. Grow, 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 grow. Problem is, is we think we know it all in the religious demon of our brain, and we never grow. And it's like, and then when the Holy Spirit leads us to Satan, we rebuke the Holy Spirit. People come on here every single day, all day long, and rebuke the Holy Spirit that's pouring through me like seven mighty rivers. This can't be God. Well, what? Because everything you experienced in your buildings made by human hands was God? That all of the theology and doctrine in your brain's God? And when you come outside of institutionalized religion to the spirit and the power of Elijah in the river now, that's Satan? No, you're coming out of Satan. You're having an exodus of the Holy Spirit coming out of the mixture of witchcraft, your brain mixed with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues and then practicing witchcraft, which is the daily phenomena of every charismatic Christian in the world. Why? Because that's what 60-fold does. 60-fold practices the Holy Spirit, 60%, and witchcraft, which is self, the other 40% of the time. So if you have mixture, there's still going to be all kinds of strife. You ever seen strife before? Oh my God. Oh my God! You know, test their freedom now. How's your oh my God today? Oh my God! Test it. Test their freedom. See if they're religious or actually Christian. Test the glorious freedom of the Son of God. First Peter 1, He is the glorious freedom, our Son of God, the glory freedom. See, if you're not in the glory freedom, you're not really in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean you're not saved. It's just your mind's not renewed, that you're not in His ability. That's why many of you are sick and poor and miserable. So it's time to tell your faces about Jesus in your spirit. Amen? It's time to get your faces saved. Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. Get my brain baptized in the glory. My brain's been out here practicing witchcraft. My brain needs to practice righteousness. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Lord, grant me repentance under the river of life in my belly. Help me to believe, bright morning star, that you're actually in my spirit. Amen? Glory to God. And when you start to believe, guess what? You'll start to glow. We were reading about during that prophetic worship time. We do an hour of prophetic worship before the broadcast of the sermon. That's at joelsbar.tv, www.joelsbar.tv. If you want to listen to it, it's just incredible time of soaking and toking and smoking and joking and getting undone from religion and having fun in, in the sun and just doing the dead man's float in the river of glory. Amen? And so during that time, God was saying, what is the first mention of joy in the Bible. 
What is it? Genesis 14. And Abraham believed, and God credited to him as bliss and as joy and righteousness. Righteousness was bliss and joy. When Abraham believed God, it was credited to him as righteousness. And you study what righteousness means in Hebrew. It means bliss and joy. So the first mention of joy, which you need to overcome all the oppression of the enemy in your life, the anointing oil of joy, the oil of joy. You got to get super oily in the anointing oil of joy. It's the spirit of might, the dunamis power. Without joy, you can't overcome anything in this world. You have to get your face saved in the oily oil of joy. Amen. You have to have joy beaming through your heart and through your face more than you have right now. I mean, you need joy. So just, he's giving you joy, and joy is produced by faith. Abraham believed joy, believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Righteousness is bliss and joy. That's in the Amplified Classic of Genesis 14. Amplified Classic. I like to study out of the Amplified Classic and the Passion Translation. Those are my two favorite right now. Hallelujah. So good. Joy. You're not going to get far without joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10 You can't have enough joy. Against spiritual fruits there is no law. Galatians chapter 5 Without the oil of joy, you will never come out of the oppression of the enemy. Now, raise your hand if you've been oppressed in any area of your life. And if, if not, well, wow, hallelujah. Donate at brethren.com. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. The oppression of the enemy is only overcome by joy. There's no other way. Okay? And it's an internal joy and it's not based on circumstances. It's a joy of believing in Jesus and his word. When Abraham believed the word of the angel, then he experienced joy. Now, it didn't come to pass for like 60 years. So people are like, well, I need instant gratification. Abraham had to wait like 60 years for the promise to be fulfilled when he had Isaac. Wow. So during that time of testing in the wilderness, Abraham had 60 years. Jesus only had 40 days. Abraham had 60 years. You know, I'm, I've been tested here in the ghetto, in the crack house, 13 years, and I'm going to have it easy. I know compared to Abraham, I'm going to have it easy. Because, you know, even if I have it 20 years in a crack house in the ghetto, it's easy compared to what Abraham went through. So I'm very thankful. I, I always use this, the examples in the Bible to encourage myself. You can get through anything as long as you constantly rejoice and stay encouraged in your spirit and keep your mind on the morning star. And you're just always in love and enjoying in peace. And it's, it's irregardless of external circumstances. It's irregardless of anything in the natural dimension. Faith does not care about the natural dimension. Faith sees the glory dimension and the ability of the glory dimension to change your circumstances. So, this is what we're dealing with. The Joseph situation, very much so for almost everyone at the sound of my voice, where they're in a pit, you know, they're trying to serve God, they're in, they're in prison. You know, he went to jail because he wouldn't have sex with his slave master's wife. What? His slave master's wife, Potiphar's wife. Joseph went to jail because he would not have sex with his slave master's wife. Come on, somebody. Talk about injustice. Have you ever done jail time because you wouldn't commit adultery with someone? 
So stop complaining. Seriously. Hallelujah. And have a big drink. Glory to God. There is so much to rejoice in here. If you just study the word and really realize how blessed you are and just get over that self-pity and just get over yourself and just say, man, God has been good to me. I never did jail time for committing, for not committing adultery. Amen? <laughs> Seriously. Joseph did prison time for not, he was framed by Potiphar's wife, for not committing adultery. And you know what? He counted it joy in the prison. He didn't even get bitter in jail. None of us have been forsaken that horribly, have been taken advantage of and mistreated that horribly. Not a single one of us. So we can just knock it off and rejoice. And seriously, he, and you know what? If you read the book of Jasher, which I've read, and I highly recommend the book of Jasher, got it over here on the bookshelf. Jasher says that Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, visited Joseph in the jail cell and taught him 70 languages of the whole world in one night. And I believe it to be true. Because I've seen miracles, signs, and wonders nonstop since I was, I was born again 20 years ago. I know Jesus Christ could visit any one of us and teach us every single language on planet Earth in one night, supernaturally. That's how angels learn. Angels can learn a full language in eight seconds. You know, it still takes time. There's still a measurement of time. But the angels of Zion can learn a human language in seconds. Literally, just in a few seconds. Now that's divine ability. That's supernatural ability. No human brain can do that, but the mind of Christ can do that by the renewing of your mind. It's time to start walking in divine ability. And you do it by sacrificing your heart and your mind to his heart and his mind. You get out of your head and your hand and you get into his head and his hand. And his ability is so far beyond our ability, people are going to freak out. People, this great awakening is going to be a total freak out of how awesome God is. And what's available in true new covenant, internal son of righteousness, bright morning star rising in your heart, Christianity. And all that ever need to be offered is our religiousness. Our charismatic religiousness is the greatest stumbling block of all time. It is. People say the, the good is the enemy of what's best. Sixtyfold is the greatest enemy of the hundredfold. People in the sixtyfold will X communicate you if you go even 61 you're, you're excommunicated you're excommunicated seriously i've been excommunicated from entire denominations and i i'm not proud of it i want to go back and save them amen and when moses was excommunicated from egypt for killing a slave master his whole idea was i'm going to get so strong spiritually i'm going to go back there and destroy the oppressors of my people so all of this oppression is actually to get you strong. Real strong in what's written in Acts 7, verse 10. The extraordinary favor of God upon Joseph. The extraordinary favor of God upon Moses. The extraordinary favor of God upon Jeremiah and Daniel in Babylon. The extraordinary favor of Christ in you. And it's in you, and it's upon you, and it's through you, and it's around you to transform your world into the world of God. Another name for the kingdom is the world of God. God's world is the third heaven. Okay? No problems there. Our world is the second heavens and the earth, the stars and sands of Abraham's promise. Okay? Abraham's promise still, after all this time, is not fulfilled. 
where the children of faith consume the universe with glory. And the oppression of religion and the oppression of rebellion upon human souls is washed into the lake of fire, where all the nations have their sins forgiven in the outflowing power of His resurrection life. That hasn't happened. That happens with the overcomers of Babylon the Great. Those who overcome Babylon the Great have fully required the bright morning star in them with all their souls. Because you can't overcome much without tapping into the morning star in you. I mean, you can, you can go church to church and do signs, miracles, and wonders and operate in the gifts, but you're not really going to make a dent in society. You're not going to really make a dent in governments. You're not really going to make a dent in principalities. It's, I mean, you can say all the stuff all you want, do all the works you want, but works really don't make a dent in principalities. The white throne judgment seat of Christ rising in your heart in kingship glory and kingly dignity and state of being is what makes a dent. When there's a different king and a different prince of peace, that's what actually dislodges the principality. You have to actually become a prince to dislodge a prince. Have you realized that yet? Oh, come on somebody. What's Joseph's name? The Prince of Egypt. He dislodged the principality of Egypt by extraordinary favor. You want to dislodge the prince of whatever, Hollywood? You want to dislodge the principalities of the seven mountains that are in governments? And it's as easy as stop practicing false humility of charismatic religion and recognize you are a son and daughter of glory, that you are true royalty in your inner man, in your spirit man. Stop practicing false humility. Religion is false humility. That's the only thing Satan tempts you in to keep you weak, is that you say, well, no, there's no king except Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. There's no throne except Jesus. Nope. 24 thrones around his throne. The Bible says everyone overcomes as a throne. Everyone overcomes as a crown. It's literal. It's a literal interpretation. Jesus has many crowns on his head. He's the firstborn amongst many. The brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, the sons of God, will come forth without the false humility that pretends to be humility, that I'm just a sinner. I'll give God the glory. It's all God, buddy. It's all external. It's all Satan's stars that fell from heaven. No, it's all us, the sons and daughters of God, showing people what we can be in Christ. If anyone's joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord. It's actually all your spirit. You've only ever received from my spirit every Joel's bar for the last 11 years. This is all my spirit and the Lord's spirit as one spiritually ministering to you. And people want to say, oh, it's just all Jesus. No, it's actually all me. And I get all the rewards for it because it's all me doing it. It's true because you're a spirit. Now, if you're a body, then it's just dead works. If you're just a bewitched carnal Christian with your brain attached to your flesh, then you're practicing a ministry witchcraft. But if you're not bewitched and your inner man is energized and you've stood up on the inside in full spiritual stature and you know and you know who you are in Christ and you're a glorified one, an anointed one, a Christian, well then you get all the works for everything that you partner with God to do. It's called the blood covenant. Amen. Spiritual works are rewarded with silver, gold, and gemstones. For the believer, every believer's rewards is rewarded by what? Believing. Believing what? The promises, which is the word of God that makes your inner man more real than your outer man so that you can have riches in glory. 
spiritual prosperity comes first because God created all the gold out of the glory realm. It's true. Gold is the residue of the glory. We walk on streets of gold. We get the idolatry out of our hearts so that the spiritual prosperity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in our hearts so we can create wealth. Abraham, I have given you the covenant that creates wealth. If you're not creating wealth, then you're a prisoner of idolatry. It's true. And it's false humility that keeps the Christians as prisoners of idolatry, saying it's evil to be rich. It's wicked to be successful. Don't have influence in society. And so we forfeit our birthright as the lords and the kings of the seven mountains to Satan and his angels and whoever Satan and his angels want to anoint with the stolen riches from the Christians of those who have forfeit their birthright as the internal spiritual kings and queens of righteousness of the universe. Hallelujah. Babylon the Great was built by the stolen inheritance of bewitched Christians. And most of you still haven't overcome the bewitchment. And your inheritance is still in the hands of Satan and his angels. So in order to get your birthright back of who you are in Christ and fulfill your spiritual destiny, you have to come out of the false humility of false Christianity of the flesh. By feasting on the word. Grace, growing in grace. Three times the Apostle Paul says, grow in grace. Jesus grew in favor. Joseph was given extraordinary favor to overcome the oppression. The external oppression is an opportunity to demonstrate internal extraordinary favor. That's how the sons and daughters take the stage of every city and every nation right now extraordinary favor, extraordinary grace, unearned, undeserved, by simply believing the Word. Abraham believed the Word, believed Jesus, believed what was spoken of the angel, and it was credited to him as righteousness, as bliss, and as joy. Amen? So how do we grow in the drunken glory? How do we grow to the top of the mountain of transfiguration without the the babysitters of men's flesh and blood and doctrines of man and doctrines of demons and buildings made by human hands. We do it by revelation. We keep eating and feasting and drinking and yeah, people are going to mistreat you because they're not willing to go any further and you're going further. You're going higher in the glory, higher in the spirit and the internal resurrection power that raises you up and out from among the dead while in the body, Philippians 3.11, it is written, resurrection internally so that your heart and mind are above religion and rebellion. That's how you begin to walk on the seven mountains. That's how you ride upon the high places of the earth and eat the inheritance of Jacob in true fasting, Isaiah 58, it is written. Hallelujah. Speaking of fasting, join us tomorrow, every Wednesday throughout the summer, Red Letter Ministries group doing a corporate dry fast. No food and drink from the time you wake up in the morning till after Joel's Bar broadcast. It's so powerful. It shakes the heavens. Fasting is very profitable in disconnecting your brain to demons, which is external sons and religious spirits and all the slavery that's in the world. When you disconnect your brain from the external and connect your brain to 2 Peter chapter 1, the bright morning star in you, that's when you get the breakthrough. That's when you get the financial breakthrough. That's when you get the creative favor of God. The extraordinary favor is in repentance, which is returning your brain to the morning star in your heart. 
the morning star in your belly, the morning star in your spirit man. Amen. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. God doesn't live in the, in the blood, in the muscle of your heart. He lives in your spirit. And your spirit's in your belly. You know, if you knock someone's wind out and they stop breathing, their spirit comes out of their body. And to be absent from the body is to be present with God. Another word for spirit is wind. Right where your wind is is where your spirit is. And you grow in your spirit. Amen? God is spirit. John 4, 24. You are spirit also created in God's image. Amen? People think God is flesh, and my flesh is the image of God, which is actually the reptilian nature that needs to be offered as a burnt sacrifice every day, holy and acceptable to God, crucifying your carnal passions, crucifying your lust, crucifying your bloodlines and your brains, and that's what needs to die. That's not the image of God. That's the image of the red dragon and the fallen angels. Truth, anyhow, Adam and Eve they weren't even aware of their bodies until they came out of the glory. And Christians are so bewitched, they think their natural man is the image of God. Your, your spirit man is the image of God. Okay? Now, the flesh can be a good slave to your spirit if your mind's renewed, but otherwise it will lead you into hell. <laughs> the wide is the path to destruction of those who are led by carnal appetites, but narrow is the path of righteousness who are led by the spirit of glory in the inner man. Amen? Building your spirit up, praying always in the Holy Spirit, Jude says. So have you built your spirit up to be stronger than your flesh? Almost no Christians do. You know, my friend Jim Samuelson says there's no such thing as an overfed Christian. Which means, can your spirit ever be too strong? Give me a break. Against spiritual fruit, there is no law. Your spirit can never be too strong. If your spirit actually starts to get overfed, that's when your cup overflows and you become a canopy and dome of third heaven glory over all the nations, covering all flesh, for love covers a multitude of sin. That's the abounding love when your cup overflows by your spirit, so fed by revelation truth of the Word of God and the presence and the power of the throne of God manifesting through the Word of God in your spirit and your brain fully crucified with Christ, crucified with the Word of Christ. We think crucifixion, oh my God, painful. It's not painful, it's ecstasy. You know, we should maybe come up with some different words, but that's what Paul used in the Bible, so that's what I use, you know. But crucified with Christ is not painful being crucified with Christ buried with Christ sealed in the tomb with Christ and then resurrected with none of it's painful if there's any pain in your body loose it's a demon get it out okay now you can have internal ecstasy in so much that it overcomes all the pain of the flesh that doesn't mean our suffering isn't tremendous all the time because the natural light will fight the glory light second heaven sorcery will fight third heaven's righteousness that's the two trees in the garden hello but now is the time where the third heaven overtakes the second heaven from within the believers whose rewards and riches and glory are beginning to overflow and cover all flesh. Amen? Revelation 5.10, And they will cover the nations as thrones for a thousand years, ruling and reigning from the angelic heavenly sphere. Do a word search on the heavenly sphere in the New Testament. I mean, and start teaching this stuff as your brain repents and returns to the morning star in your heart. And the morning star raises you up to be the kings and queens of righteousness so you get your birthright back and start to rule this universe. If you're not ruling this universe, guess what? You don't have your birthright. <laughs> it's true. Hallelujah. So, Father God, help us get our birthright back. 
Help us repent with all of our souls and attach to the morning star. Let our brains, which is a diamond, only attach to the light of the glory. If there is any other mixture in your brain that's not the glory, that's why you're confused. Because you have sorceries, magic spells, second heavens, Kabbalah, confusion, Babylon the Great means great confusion, religion on your brain. If there's religion on your brain, you can never serve God. You can barely... Now, mental clarity comes from Christ, the spirit of a sound mind, and it's a river sparkling as clear as crystal out from the throne of God and out from the Lamb. Out from the throne of God and out from the Lamb. And it comes out and it hits your brain and it sets you free from the magic spells of the world. You come out of Babylon, you come out of the spells of the fallen angels, of the demons, of the warlocks and the witches, which is every word that did not proceed from the throne of God and the Lamb. People are confused in their minds because they're full of words in their brains that didn't come from God. That's what religion and rebellion is. It's a magic spell of different words. It's true. Hallelujah. Even science, even chemicals, everything is a word. Pharmakia is a sorcery word. It is. It's a word that creates a potion that causes your brain to go insane in drugs and alcohol. And they go nuts. Hallelujah. But the Word of God heals the brain to live in divine ecstasy. And it cleanses you from the madness of the human fall. Of trying to have fun on earth apart from God. You know, that's a trillion dollar industry. Having fun, pleasure, vacations. Trillions of dollars. That's the main thing people spend money on is pleasure in the world. Food, drugs, alcohol, fun, bars, clubbing, everything. The spas and shopping malls, the luxuries and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. Trillions of dollars spent on it every year globally. Guess what? The third heaven is superior to all that combined. That's what's going to come forth when your brains are attached to the morning star. You're going to start to shock and seize people with ecstasy. We're bringing the economy of the third heaven, and this world has never seen anything like it. All of that is already in your spirits. You are the sons and daughters of God. You are the Israel of God. You are the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. And you better recognize who you are in Christ and stop practicing false humility so you don't forfeit your birthright unto death and die in the wilderness because of the lying snakes of the dry place of the natural realm. Let revelation lead you into the promised land so you can fulfill your destiny by attaching your souls to the truth and His word is truth working powerfully in your spirit man today. The word of God is the morning star. Amen? Revelation 22, I am the roots of David and the bright and morning star. That is the Word, the Word of the Father. Attach your brain to the Word of the Father and all the creative ability of God will come forth through your souls to create a new world where righteousness dwells in the name of Jesus Christ. Partner with this ministry. We could use your help. It is the the prescription of the Bible to sow finances into the revelation of the teacher you're receiving from. So start obeying with that and you'll see the fruit increase in your life as you start obeying scripture and donating to Red Letter Ministries as you're receiving revelations. Amen. It is written. We'll see you tomorrow.